You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope that you are all staying safe. I hope that you're staying healthy, and I hope that you're staying loving to one another. We are in a very significant moment in the history of humanity, and I want to start this episode off by sending a huge hug to all of you and um, wishing you the very best as we are taking on very significant issues in this particular moment in time. And everything is everything right now. Um, For those of you who have not tuned into previous episodes, what I'm speaking about specifically is the Black Lives Matter movement that is taking over the United States, our conversation on how to address injustice, racism, the dehumanization of the black community, the problematic way that we have uh, allowed white supremacy, it's not just against black, the black community, but all minorities and marginalized communities everywhere. Um, we're saying enough is enough. And there has been so much leading up to this moment. And uh, I'm just so proud of of all that's occurring right now, and the tides are changing, the tides are turning. And so in light of that, I want to celebrate that moment, but also put that call out, uh, the call to action for everybody to rally the troops. Um, We are at war against hate. I don't like using that terminology, but this is a long-term battle that we are taking on here. So um, I'm calling upon all of my amazingly brilliant, compassionate, persistent, determined, smart, strategic brothers and sisters out there who are ready to uh, be there for one another, to be part of this team against hate and against racism and, and against abuses of power, because that's really what we're fighting right now. And uh, it's it's a really special moment. It's tough. It's uncomfortable. But we're out here. We're doing this. And um, it's really inspiring and crazy to see how this movement has, uh, how this Black Lives Matter movement has gone global, how there are other communities and populations of people who are seeing injustices within their own community and standing in solidarity is beautiful. It is inspiring. It's encouraging. And um, yeah, I just want to start that episode with uh, an appreciation for all that's happening. Um, I'm also very pained right now because we are still in the middle of a pandemic. The United States in particular, you know, this is my my home. This is where I live. This is where I had originally planned to stay. And it has been tough to witness a convergence of all of these crazy issues coming to a head, uh, overlapping with one another. And emotions are high. And thus, I put out, you know, my episode last week about channeling anger. Anger is a very significant feeling and emotion that's kind of just running rampant right now in our country. But I do feel a shift even within a few days, within the week since that episode was released of people getting grounded, people getting determined, people getting smart and strategic. 
This is a very long game, everyone. This is not a, a, a sprint. This is a marathon. And in light of that, it's important for us to get our bearings and figure out what it is that we're trying to achieve. Not to lose the passion, not to lose the fire, but how to put it someplace where we get the results that we want. And so that, um, the protests continue. The protests have been continuing peacefully. Tens of thousands of people have been showing up. It's just mind-boggling. It also is concerning for me just from like a public health standpoint of um, potential crises in terms of the virus, in terms of COVID-19. However, um, people are showing up at the polls. There's a lot happening, um, politically speaking. Businesses showing up to change their policies, to take a stand. Um, interpersonal relationships, people having incredibly important and sensitive conversations between people that are closest to them. And in that vein, I really want to do shout outs. Like we're going to have more conversations about this on first of all, but that is a very, very tough bridge to cross or try to uh, try to even build. I can speak personally from my experience of 30 plus years dealing with my family, with my father in particular, um, even with my mother in some cases. It is very high stakes because we're so heavily invested in them emotionally. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody who's having tough conversations within their private homes, in their private circles, because that's something that is not going to be Instagrammed. It's not going to be something that we can even just um, handle in one conversation. This, again, it's a very long process. It's a loaded topic. It's a loaded place emotionally and mentally in terms of fatigue and what it takes out of us in light of the fact that we're dealing with so many other things. So um, just know that if there's anybody out there who appreciates that I'm here, I appreciate you. Thank you for having the mental fortitude and the... Um, I don't know, the sacrifice of self to like go forth and do that. It's really, really admirable and appreciated. And um, shout out to everybody who's being taught different things too. I'm in that boat as well, learning and getting educated, um, understanding things that I did not know, that we did not know, that we simply lived in ignorance of and and um, living in, in a privilege of not having to deal with certain things. We all have different things that we've been dealing with. So um, it's all a recognition of humility, of putting aside our pride, our ego, and just ignorance in general, and acknowledging where we need to be better. Shout out to everybody who's having that moment. Um, it's all of the above, right? Some form. And there's a lot that's happening in terms of people being called out. There's a lot of anger, a lot of hostility and antagonism. This uncomfortable place, I, I just imagine we're going to be in for a while. So in light of that, I'm really thankful to have had this conversation that we're about to to dive into with uh, somebody that I got connected to within the last couple of weeks, which feels like a lifetime already. Um, but I'm so glad that I got to sit down with Nika Wright. She is Miss Nika Marie. She is so wonderful. And she's an actress. She's a writer. She is a multi-hyphenate in the creative space, and I got to meet her through a conversation I was invited to moderate through Quarktastic, which is an organization and platform for the geek community. And um, it was just such a pleasure to talk with her about a very loaded topic of bridging the gap between the Black and Asian communities. This was before the George Floyd incident happened. This was in light of the incidents that were happening of anti-Asian sentiments, of all the different racial racially fueled um, harassment, assaults, just the horrible shit that was happening 
in light of COVID-19. And shout out to Lauren from Quirktastic because she was the one who was courageous and and vision envisioning a conversation where we could start to talk about really sensitive things. And she's the one who really spearheaded that conversation. So thank you to Lauren Grant for being such a great ally to the Asian community for facilitating one of many conversations that I was part of that. It was like a whole week. It was three conversations back to back of things like appropriation, things like, um, you know, internalized anti-blackness. These are not easy things to talk about, especially in a public forum where anybody who's stating their experiences and their true mindsets and where they need to learn can be so easily torn apart. And um, there's a lot of fear, you know what I mean? So I personally felt that and I was just moderating, you know, so um, that's where I met Nika. Nika and I have continued the conversation offline. And now we're here to start talking about Black Lives Matter to continue the conversation that was started between the black community and the Asian community. There's many, many layers. There's many perspectives. But Nika being a really wonderful, creative, positive, strong black woman who is black Filipina, who has had a specific experience living abroad and living in the United States. Uh, she's just such a brilliant mind. And it was such a great starting point to bring to, first of all, in terms of learning and sharing and growing with one another, you know, I'm honestly having even a hard time articulating all my thoughts and feelings because I feel like I'm reaching an exhaustion point quickly, much more quickly than I used to. Um, but we're still we're still fighting this good fight. And so just shout out to Nika. Thank you for being such a great guest and for being so open and vulnerable and for doing the work that you do in your personal world. I hope that you all check out her stuff. And uh, I won't keep this intro much longer because I want to go into the conversation, but I hope that you'll follow Nika, her work, her writing, all that she's creating and putting out in the world because we both have a shared goal to be storytellers, to create space for ourselves, for others to be heard, for different perspectives to be shared, and so that we can do this in a sustainable way, in an ongoing way, in an empowering way, to be real and to be um, there for one another. So that is this intro on the Black Lives Matter movement, an introduction, um, the long road that we're walking. And if you guys care to follow me, y'all know where you can find me, and feel free to hit me up. Uh, at Minjeezy or at First of All Pod on social media. You can email me firstofallpod at gmail.com if you'd like to support. Thank you to my Patreon family for supporting me and keeping this microphone and the Wi-Fi on. It's, uh, First of All Pod, which is on the Patreon platform, patreon.com. Sorry if this intro is scattered. Again, my uh, neurons are very frazzled and uh, doing the best that I can, absolute best that I can. There are more conversations to come. Thank you for the support and the love, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. I'll talk to you soon. Sorry, one more thing before we get into the episode. I'm also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, and it's a collective of Asian-American podcasters and storytellers. I got to do that shout-out. Don't want to leave them out. Please check out all the other shows and all the narratives that are coming from people of color. Support and learn and grow, contribute. This is a conversation. Proud to be part of it, and I love all of you who've been showing love and support. That's really it. Enjoy so the episode. I wanted to share. share. All of those times it didn't feel fair. fair. 
the pressure it makes a diamond so rare. So rare, so rare. I'll never ever get a chance to How are you doing, Miss Nika? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Mindy. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Um, I was just noting to you before we started recording that energy reserves are are a bit uh, sparse lately. And that's um, okay. Yeah, it is. And that's what I wanted to talk to you. I wanted to like just start unpacking this conversation and furthering this conversation that we started. When was that? When was our conversation? It feels like it was months ago, but I think it was like maybe two weeks ago. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, I think it was only two weeks ago. It, it seriously feels another lifetime. A lot has happened. Um, actually, I want would you want to recap what our conversation was about and like what are what brought our universes together? Sure. So there is a company, a wonderful company called Quirktastic, and they run geek news, tech news, all that good stuff. And the lovely Lauren Grant, who is their uh, COO, uh, reached out to a bunch of POC creators in various spaces and wanted to have an open dialogue about race and uh, everything that's going on and, uh, you know, how how we can how we can merge Black and Asian, and then everybody, because as you know, Asian Americans are regarded as the model minority, while Black people are regarded as trash somehow. But so we were like, how can we bring this conversation together? How do we get people together? And that's how we met. And it was honestly one of the best groups of people. It was like such a great experience for me um, just to help moderate that. And Nika, I've already sung your praises in the intro. Um, because you're wonderful and it's easy, but how would you, how would you kind of like introduce yourself if you were to tell someone like where you're from and what you're about? I would probably open with, uh, I have now gotten a lot of hats. I am a multi-hyphenate entertainer is what I like to say. I am mm-hmm. an actress. I am, I wrote a book. I finished my first draft actually. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, so I'll be querying soon. Also a model. I write for like publications, uh, on cartoons and Power Rangers mostly. I love Power Rangers. And yeah. Nice. Okay. Power. I, I actually, it's funny because a lot of people assume that I was into the Power Ranger thing because it's just part of like the generation, but I, I personally didn't really watch it. Which one, which one was your, your go-to? Which color? Oh man. Okay. Obviously, uh, I would say yellow across the board. Like every season, I was always into the yellow Power Ranger. Nice. What distinguishes the yellow Power Ranger? I don't know if like everyone has a different power. Sorry. I don't know. Well, yellow was always like, that was the tough girl. That was the, you know, I'm a fuck your shit. Am I allowed to curse? Oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay. But, um, yes. Oh, well, yeah. That was, that was always that one. So obviously Trini and then, you know, uh, uh, Aisha, then Tanya, and then it just kept going. And every single time, the Yellow Ranger was like, "I'm gonna bust your face and let's go." Nice. I, I, I related. <laughs> I mean, my last episode was about channeling anger, and it's something that I've been personally processing throughout. Actually, over the last several years, it's been a thing that I'm like addressing more. But most definitely in these last two months, three months, definitely in the last two weeks, like. It's, you know, it's all become all the more relevant. So the, the tough girl or the, the scrappy girl, I definitely connect with. And be that, own that. 
honestly, it is a thing for me because I've literally looked at it from every angle. Like, am I feeding into the patriarchy? (laughs) 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 Because I'm like, I'm genuinely right now. Okay. This is like not, you know, what we were originally talking, but I'm like genuinely kind of looking at my participation in life. And one of the things is kind of owning even like my femininity and why have I always aspired to be tough or, you know, dominant or whatever. And like looking at it from a different lens, because I always looked at it as like the positive. And I'm like, have I been kind of feeding into toxic masculinity myself? So stuff like Mm. that has even been part of this journey. Do you ever think of stuff like that? Or like, do you analyze like the characters that you resonate with or get attached to? Oh my God. Yeah. All the time. All the time. Because I, I totally agree with that. Because as a kid, I was like, I'm not going to be girly. And then now as an adult, I'm like, yes, dresses. Yes, pink. <laughs> glitter. Where is the glitter? Yes. <laughs> like, why do we put that as a bad thing? Right. And I think, I mean, we started talking about that in terms of like race. And so, and again, big shout out to Lauren. She's so wonderful. And it was yeah. like, it was truly an honor um, to be invited into that space because these are not easy topics to talk about, you know, no. like they're very loaded. They're very substantial. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just great because I think now more than ever, we're well, not even more than ever. I think just definitely again, now we're figuring out how to tackle some heavy issues that have been kind of always there. Yes. Sitting on a back burner. Mm-hmm. Burning. Uh, forever forever and yeah so i'm just i'm i'm really grateful that we are all coming to this to this place as uncomfortable as it is as like for sure yeah and it doesn't i i've been I, I spent so long last night thinking about something uh in in reference to this very episode um and i was like do i need to say that and probably yes i do need to say it so i'll, I'll try to bring it up later but i've been thinking a lot about like how we all grew up and, you know, our, our generation of millennials and how we're uh, doing a lot of adjusting because we've got our parents old school thinking to some degree. Mm-hmm. And then now we're like forming these new paths and then generation Z is just going to run with that path wherever it may go. So I'm just like, what, what am I leaving behind when I leave this world at this point? And at almost 30, I feel like I shouldn't be thinking like that, but that's where I am. <laughs> Girl, I was, I mean, I'm, I got a few years on you, but I respect that a lot. Um, again, time is, time is a, is another construct that we're like analyzing yes. right now, especially because of COVID, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's a recognition of like, we don't, we're not guaranteed another day, you know? Mm-hmm. And definitely, I, I mean, I remember being at the age that you are right now being in a, it's, it's a very big, recognition of like time is moving and it's mm-hmm. and, and sorry to say but it's also a blessing it's going to keep going faster like yes. i don't know where the last five years of my life went um <laughs> but it makes you it makes you kind of just savor it and you're just like this this is gonna go we're, we're moving and it's getting faster and mm-hmm. i don't want to waste it and i think mm-hmm. that's a that's a good thing it's yes. a really good thing yeah, and I don't. I don't know if I mentioned this in the the Quirktastic chat, but um, I have two sisters. They're both Gemini's. Jesus Christ, help me! But <laughs> <laughs> but they're we're each split by ten years, so twenty one years between my oldest sister and my youngest, and I'm wow. in the middle. So it's three generations, and you can see it when 
we talk to each other because Trina um, is the oldest one. So 10 years older than I am. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she has her three kids, her husband. She's like real chill. And then there's me, who is the the crazy one, as they like to say. And I'm just like, guys, we have to change everything. This is wrong. Everything's wrong with the world. We have to do this. And then you have my younger sister who's like, yeah, I'll just go with whatever happens. It's cool. And it's just like <laughs> so weird. <laughs> just why are you guys so worked up right now that's yeah <laughs> that's a great social experiment right there i mean i i'm the middle too so you and i oh we're, oh, yes. we're, we're soul sisters in that way too i understand yes. the and i i'm close to my older brother he's three years older than me but i have 10 years mm-hmm. on my little brother so mm-hmm. he he's 10 years younger than me and it, watching him has been watching you know a separate generation yes like just deal with life and it throws a lot in perspective doesn't it yeah and it's a little scary. And then I don't even know what to make of it sometimes. Cause she, she, she's, she's my Erica, the youngest one of us, she's been very active and like uh, talking about BLM and what people can do. And it shocked me because I still think of her as a kid, but she's like a whole ass adult now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. Mo- j- let's take a moment for that. It's just weird to like, see them become human beings. You're like, you were. Yes incoherent at one point and now (laughs) (laughs) you puked on my shoulder at one point um (laughs) yeah and now you can go you know speak in front of congress if we needed you to yes like how wild but that's i mean people were looking at us like that and it's it's all coming full circle for sure i've actually been having a moments of recognition with different friends just like we're all you know in our late twenties, early thirties or mid thirties, like some of my friends are, you know, late thirties, early forties now. And mm. it's, it's, it's wild to recognize we're the grownups of the world. Like we're, we're the adults. Cause like when we were children, you looked at people of our age and you're like, Oh, those are the grownups. They're in charge. They're the ones mm-hmm. that make the rules. And like, we can look at our parents' generation right now and be like, Y'all are senior citizens, like right? you're slowly <laughs> becoming children again. Um, and that's not to be condescending. I say that with all the love in my heart, but it's kind of, of like we're, we're the guardians now. And that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. crazy to me. And it's a huge responsibility. And so given all of that, what do we do? We got to do this as right as possible. Yeah. And it, it becomes one of those questions of like, you know, for so long, uh, various news outlets and older people have been like, millennials are ruining the, cu- ruining the country. Well, bitch, now you got to depend on us to save it. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I suggest a little respect and appreciation may take us further. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Than disparaging Facebook. Like, please shut up. We we understand. We know. Oh, like, <laughs> Yes. Now we can but all it- shit on TikTok. <laughs> Yes, let's all continue to shit on TikTok. <laughs> I'm kind of enjoying it though. I like I'm I maybe it's me trying to be like I don't want to be the sucky mom. I want to be the cool mom. But I'm just like, it. you know what? Let's find the merit in things for once for like a second instead of just automatically be like, well, when I was your age. Oh. I love that saying now though. I love it. When I was yeah. your age, we went outside to play. <laughs> <laughs> who can do that we can't do that anymore no ma'am no Ugh. well and in, in in bringing us to like this moment in time where like it is of the utmost uh importance i mean it's, it's a significant moment mm-hmm. it is a moment and um there's even recognition even at this point i feel like i mean 
again, what is time? When would you, <laughs> when did, I'm trying to pinpoint the moment that it was Memorial Day, right? The day after Memorial Day, when we all mm-hmm. started seeing this, this video of George Floyd um, and things had already been a dumpster fire prior to that with Ahmaud Arbery and with Breonna Taylor. Like it yes. had already been getting set up, I feel like, but it was like George Floyd was like the, it was the collective global maybe straw that broke the camel's back would you say that i mean i'm curious what what your take on has been i well i definitely agree with you that's definitely the straw that broke the camel's back i for some reason that video struck everyone's nerve in the same way and a lot of it i personally believe is because not only did we watch his life snuff out in real time, I actually yeah. didn't watch the whole video. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it. I but, couldn't either. Yeah, but like you, the quotes someone quoted, like the they they uh, what do you call it? They transcribed the entire video, and when he started calling for his dead mother, I think that's when the world was like, "Holy shit, this is bad." Mm-hmm. Um, especially culturally, because so many cultures worldwide. They depend on their mothers. We uphold mothers on this pedestal forever. Mm-hmm. So yeah. to watch a grown man uh, uh, cry for his mother, that changes things always. I, again, I couldn't reach that because I couldn't watch it. And not, I was already so angry and like to the point of feeling like violent. Like I wanted it was yep. making me as a as a woman again talking about femininity but i'm recognizing the maternal instinct in me especially mm-hmm. in my 30s like my desire to protect and i was i wanted to like physically like it's like the mom who wants to who will lift a car right when yes. her child's in danger when i see somebody um dehumanizing somebody like that and and just abusing power in that sort of a way, like jeopardizing somebody's safety for no reason at all. Like I, I feel like if I was there, I could have physically picked that man up and like right. thrown him. I was, I was feeling Ugh. violent. Like it was so sickening. And so when I saw that quote in like a newspaper or some article, I started crying. Like mm-hmm. I was, it, it hurt uh, such a raw primal part, I guess. And maybe that's this feeling that a lot yes. of people have. It's just, yes. You can't be a human being with a soul and see that and be like, oh, well, there's something. It's like, right. no, it's the worst thing you can see. Exactly. It was it was it was just not possible to ignore it. It was not possible to ignore the visceral feeling that you got from looking at that. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is. Maybe. And I hate saying it in the way that others have where they're like, he gave his life to the revolution. No, he didn't give his life. It was taken. It was mm-hmm. taken from him. And mm-hmm. we sadly all had to watch. Right. So, yeah. And, I mean, and what I learned from you, I mean, this is, again, a really loaded conversation. And I, I said it in the intro that I am by no means an expert on social justice to speak about race. Like I've had certain levels of conversation on the Asian American experience, but mm-hmm. in general, like. I would never position myself as being an expert to speak on this. So there's a lot of same thing. I said it for a quirktastic conversation. I feel a level of who am I to say anything about this, but that's besides the point we need to talk about it from. Yeah, we're humans and we're just, we're trying to figure out what the hell is in front of us. Um, I found out from the quirktastic conversation that you're black Filipina, right? Yeah. I, um, it's complicated. So genetically, yes. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I did grow up in the, you know, in the culture somewhat, but I have always been and have always identified as a black woman. Got it. And that's the thing that like people, when we start to just talk about race, it's like when people act like it's an option, you know, that's something that that's, that's cute. Like right. when anybody, <laughs> can you, can you, you started speaking about that during our, and it was so great. And what are your thoughts on, on that? When like people start even just treating it as a construct or like, I mean, it's, I don't even know. See, again, I don't even know how to like start talking about this, but what do you, how, how would you start unpacking the fact that you are black Filipina, but you have identified because you, you said in the conversation that you present black, right? Yes. So I, I visually present only black and maybe some people pick up on, you know, other things. I've had people ask before, but when I look in the mirror and when cops look at me and when teachers look at me, they see a black woman. And so I said from a very young age, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like, if, if it's going to be chosen for me, then I'm going to lean into it. And that's never meant to like offend any of my uh, Filipino family members at all. They fully right. understand. Um, and then I, so I just kind of, you know, I leaned into my blackness and I love my blackness, both my parents, very black, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, so I I find it beautiful and that's fine. I don't, you know, shun my other sides. I certainly, uh, don't wish to offend anybody with that. However, I present black, therefore I am. I, I decided to choose because people chose for me. Uh, but then you look at my cousins who are legitimately half and half and they present Latinx of some kind. Like (laughs) when I'm out with them, people are like, Oh, I didn't know you had Spanish people in your family. Uh, first of all, I don't, (laughs) 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 so it's for them. They did have to choose. They did have to choose because they, they look, uh, very different and, um, I'm proud of them for finding a way to balance everything. so I admire people like that. And then you have people like my boyfriend who is Mexican and Filipino. So he decides to be Asian one day and Mexican the next. So I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, it's, <laughs> it's about what you choose. <laughs> how how does that go? Like, that's what, the, I mean, for me, I think my, my identity, I want to say crisis, but like my, my path, right? Like my journey yeah. figuring out what do I align more with? Like when I watch K-pop and this is like the other part of me that has felt some level of like shunning, like Hmm. electing to say like, Oh, this part of my Korean heritage, I really hate. Or like this, this, like, and I, I still struggle with that. And this is part of even what I talked about in my anger episode, because it it is a thing like you, you want to assimilate in a lot of ways to X, Hmm. Y, or Z, right. You're presented with this and you say, Hey, I really want to be part of this group. Mm-hmm. I just want so desperately to be accepted or to be validated in whatever way, right? Mm-hmm. Say that I, I belong. <laughs> yes. I promise I belong, you know, and so you're <laughs> going to adopt certain things. And then, but again, it's not that simple. Like, you know, you can, you can go through all of these mental gymnastics of choosing your identity and kind of shaping it the way that you see fit. But also then there's going to be the world, the identity that's projected onto you, right? Exactly. Out, out of your control and say, well, you can be as American as apple pie, as they say, but like you still are Asian and like, they're going to assume certain things about you. They're going to treat you a certain way. I've gotten the gamut of the whole model minority thing of like assumptions left and right, quote unquote, good assumptions, I guess, you know, that I'm mm-hmm. smarter that I, whatever, but also like really demeaning ones too. And 
problematic and all it's just assumptions in general it's assumptions like you don't know who i am as a human being but you're gonna size me up and, and and kind of like figure me out quote unquote before yeah i even speak yeah and it's shitty it's really shitty like just let people live i wish i wish that this country would just let people live but uh here you know we're the system was built broken and therefore that's how we all got here um i i am really interested though in how you've been dealing with all of this though because it's not like the violence against asian americans has stopped and i do mean indiscriminate violence so they're not even just targeting chinese people it's if you look asian you are now a target and that's right obviously very fucked but i'm you know how how what have you heard amongst the asian american communities how have you been dealing with it personally like what's going it, on it's a whole other le- like 10 layers because there's there's a lot of internal strife. I mean, we're talking about a lot of different people under one umbrella term, right? Yeah. Same same for any group. Um, and within those groups, there's a lot of inter-discrimination and prejudice and racism. In America, I think there's been an effort to have some sort of solidarity and unity. The fact that like people are not going to be able to distinguish, oh, you're Lao and you're Chinese and you're Taiwanese and you're mm-hmm. Korean. Like... A lot of people just say black hair, smaller eyes, like you Asian, like, and then that's it. Um, it's so, so sad. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of this shared pain that's kind of unifying, which is, it's a real thing. Like, you know, you go to battle together and you're like, okay, we're, we're one now. I don't hate you as much as I did because oh, no. we're experiencing the same pain. So there's kind of that. Um, but like the, the discrimination has been tough for a lot of people to navigate because there are people who are aware of how racism has existed, not just for Asians, but outside of Asians, definitely in America. And, you know, that's the tying bond is that we're all Americans, right? So mm-hmm. there's some people who have been allies to the Black community, to the Latinx community, and have seen the degree to which that racism has been, like, exercise on those groups and have not felt as though Asians have experienced that same level of, you know, we didn't go through slavery and that there's Chinese who went through slavery back in the gold rush. Like there's history, right? right? There's so many Mm -hmm. layers, a lot of history. I'd say it's an assumption, but I think most people don't know that history. They don't know the, the laws around the Chinese exclusion act. They don't know, Mm -hmm. Because it was a Japanese experience, they don't know this, to what degree the internment caps, you know, how that all lived and played out. And there's a lot of erasing that from history in America. Mm-hmm. A lot of places that don't even acknowledge that that exists. Much, I'm sure that it's the same with acknowledging slavery the way that it actually existed. They're going to like yeah. sugarcoat that shit and be like, oh, well, you know, they they immigrated here and helped us with our economy. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> no, you, you know, somebody said that recently uh, that a book in Texas like framed yeah. slavery that way. Yeah. So we're all just like misinformed, right? And then there's like defensiveness of like, well, it's the oppression Olympics, which Lauren brought up, which was so perfectly put. Like, yes. well, these these people or these people or these people or she or they or whatever went through something more difficult. Like I can't even, I didn't go through anything that bad or like, where were you when this happened? And it's like, mm-hmm. this, it's a lot of, it's a lot, you know? So it's, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's dredging up a lot of very shameful, um, inherited racism too. Like mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's a lot and recognizing how we fell short 
we being Asian Americans have fallen short of being proper allies to the black community, things that we have benefited from in terms of being like the model minority and, Mm -hmm. you know, receiving that because there's people that are going to defend that and be like, no, Asians had it so, so fucking bad. And we have, but, and then there's people like, bro, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like all of that, it's all kind of like all on the table. That's the way I would put it. That's yeah, that's a perfect way to put it, because I feel like and maybe I'm exposing some black community secrets here, but hopefully they don't come for me. But it, it's uh, it's not like we've been separated from the infighting because I, I, I have seen uh, visually other minority communities arguing amongst themselves like, oh, this isn't that bad. Oh, no, it was really fucking bad, bro. And then even with black community, it's like. Uh, okay, well, you know, what if he was a criminal? Like, bro, shut up. We don't have to, we are not going to be arguing in front of these white people. Like, that is what mm-hmm. is happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like the saying that I've been throwing out to people when I do see them getting into a fight. I'm like, we are not going to be outside arguing in front of these white people right now when we're supposed to be united. So get it the fuck together. We're going to argue about this in private later. Um, <laughs> like, to be continued. To be conti- yes, we got a we got our own battle to fight right now. We're going to do that, and then you can come back to this. And that's the thing that I feel like everyone's coming around to is that it's not, uh, you know, we're not trying to, uh, you know, de- we're not trying to defund white people as a general com- concept, right? We are trying to defund the police because they are over militarized, brutalizing people of color in general, and you know they need to go. But I feel like there's this fear and some white people to speak out because they're like, oh, all of these people hate us, but we didn't do anything. But you did do something. You were silent, which means you were compliant, and therefore you did nothing to stop this. Um, So really, it's just about getting all of these different groups together and fighting the common enemy, which is the problematic system in place here in America. That's what it is. Which is rooted in white supremacy. And there's, I've met some of the smartest They've educated me on race relations, you know, and social justice. Mm -hmm. And there's, uh, this is the problematic thing, I think, of bucketing everybody and overgeneralizing, which I get, you know, time is scarce and we need to kind of figure out what what are the sound bites or what are the ways that we can kind of summarize and distill all of this (laughs) madness into distinct terms that we can like use, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And those even need to be dissected too, because it's it's I've had a really tough time myself with with racism and I feel uncomfortable with like white friends and my white colleagues. And, you know, when when ha- people it, it would hurt me that like because I would imagine with empathy, like if I was in that it, receiving side of like, oh, all Asians, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you yeah. Asian people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to continue that problem. I know that there's shitty white people and there's really great ones, too. Yeah. And it's maybe can we get like maybe in this process can we be more specific about what exactly we're fighting which is white supremacy which yes. is racism itself because racism itself i think is the thing that is really rampant in all people because we're buying into this shit you know mm-hmm. like we're we're buying into this idea that one group of people is superior over another for xyz way and what you and i are saying is like we're all just people and we're just trying to exist mm-hmm. and like survive and eat food and yes. watch a movie occasionally. And, <laughs> yes. You know, and uh, this seems like a really big ask at this moment. Um, but that it, really, <laughs> that's the goal, isn't it? I don't, yes. You know. 
it, and it sounds so silly, you know, when you look at the, uh, like the beginning of this, which is, hey, stop killing us. And people were like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, why was that hard? Or why right. is it that when John Boyega tweets out races suck or whatever he said, white people are like, how dare you? Like, did he say you? Right. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yes. It's, I don't recall him saying you are like saying racist. And that's like, that's what baffles me with this whole all lives matter thing. Yeah. It, it uh, makes my brain melt. And I don't Again, these are the, these, this is the enemies, the exhaustion. Of like, yes. I can't, I can't with you people. How, have you been having those conversations? Have you been? Uh, yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I recently put out uh, two videos on my YouTube channel after like not filming anything for a month because uh, I was just I was too burned out. I was too burned out. I was tired. I was hurt. And uh, one of them is how to apologize in five easy steps. And then the other one is how to be a good ally in five easy steps. Mm. And the uh, resounding uh, response was very positive, which That's shocked good. me, to be honest, because it's not like but nowhere in there did I say, you know, white people are bad or whatever. I explicitly stated racism is bad and not a single person whether by virtue of my timeline being super clean of you know supremacists or whatever no one was like oh my god this is bad everyone was like this is so helpful thank you for making this thank you for the emotional labor you put into this and i was like well damn like did the world fix itself overnight <laughs> <laughs> we have hope what we, what what the what happened i was genuinely concerned that i like was reading everything wrong i was like are these people being sarcastic and that's a terrible feeling uh when you can't even trust people at face value but uh you know i'm 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 starting to come around i'm i'm coming around i'm starting to find that hope again i think a lot of people are starting to get their second wind so yeah. i think it's good that's so good i'm really i'm really encouraged to hear that and there's a lot of things that i think have been analyzed in a different way because re in reality in terms of the fight against racism and the issues that we've been facing as a people as a society and definitely in this country this is like our what eight thousandth sprint you know what i mean like yes. for this is not anything new it's just a new version and i think maybe hopefully fingers crossed it's like we've reached a critical mass we've reached a tipping point where like there's no going back like same with covid like we're not going to go back to normal, quote unquote, this is new normal. We are right. adjusting to this now. Mm -hmm. oh. But that is very, I'm really happy to hear that. And, and it's making me kind of, the thing that I've been really trying to unpack is my perceived reality versus actual reality, right? Mm -hmm. And that is where I am really trying to look at more facts, more data, um, because it's all these arguments of like, oh, there's one bad apple, yeah, you need to get rid of that bad apple. But it's mm -hmm. to say that, like, in totality, all the apples, all apples suck. No, they don't. <laughs> you know, again, it's like, weed out the racist assholes and, like, let the other people live. Yeah. Um But it's, we're giving so much hype to these bad people that, it, like, what you said struck me so deeply is that we don't trust each other anymore. Yes. Like, the trust is broken. And it's been broken. And we've been, like, clinging on to whatever we can to have that. But I feel like it's been some people feel like it's irreparably broken. Mm -hmm. Yes. But like, we just can't trust you. Period. Yeah. And there's a, um, uh, there was a, a, a YouTuber who made a video called, I don't trust y'all. 
And mm. this came after, because on Twitter, there's been a lot of threads of like, you know, share your favorite black, you know, YouTuber, creator, artist, whatever. And uh, she made a video and she was like, my subscriber count jumped more in the last two days than the six years I've been on this platform. I do uh. not trust you. And like, it was it was a very emotional video. I watched the whole thing through. She's a brilliant, brilliant booktuber. Um, mm. But like her words were true. Like, how does she trust the growth without feeling like all these people are doing it to check off their morality, you know, to do list for the day? Yeah, um, I think a lot of us are feeling that uh, no matter what background you have, it's like, OK, when are you pulling the rug out from under my feet? Like, how long do I have to be tensed and poised to strike? Because I know it's coming. So, right. you know, I would I would love I would love to see all of us relax a little bit, trust each other a little bit more, you know, heal. Um, I think we said that a lot during the Quarktastic chat. We have to heal from this. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's genuinely one of the things that I've been doing my best to promote. And this, even this, because we're all kind of taking to our social platforms and doing the best that we can to be an agent of change, which I think yes. is so admirable. But then again, it kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Like exactly what you're saying is that it might just feel like a checklist kind of situation. You're like, well, I shared my thing and mm-hmm. yay. In the great, like you can look at it multiple ways. I'll look at it in the positive light of like, you did do something. So good for you because you could have also opted not to do something and you could have left that vacancy for your circle of influence to remain ignorant or to know that you're not down for this. Like you made an effort, even in that quote unquote small way to say something good. Yes. And, and, and my thing with a lot of people that, and being Asian specifically and like knowing how, um, hard it has been collectively in our culture to be somebody that speaks out. I don't ever not, I don't ever, I do my best not to diminish that because for Mm. somebody that might be really fucking hard for them to like take a stand. Um, I know way more people than I care to that are terrified to speak their mind period ever to their Mm -hmm. parents, to authority, to anybody, to the social media world. And so I don't ever want to just assume like, Oh, like dismiss it be like oh you just need a little social media thing you know <laughs> that's yeah, the thing. your voice goes far your voice goes so far and i want to trust that right and so yeah so i i mean there's that but i also agree like if it ends just there there's way more work that more action that needs to happen that may require probably will i'm gonna like guarantee it will require way more of you than mm-hmm. just a social media post right um, yeah, for sure. But I'm like, well, then let's do the damn thing. But then there's right. other people are like, but I can't and I'm tired. Yeah. Oh, God. Fatigue is real. Fatigue is real. Yeah. And, you know, for those of us who have been doing this for the since the beginning, since it started, it's been like almost three weeks of nonstop, you know, call to actions. Uh, some of us are marching you know we're we're signing like 80 petitions a day you know Mm -hmm. donating where we can so it's just like if you are tired that's okay take a day reformat maybe look at things from a new angle you can do this you can do this don't get discouraged now (laughs) first seriously i'm like my yeah the thing that i'm trying to uh, encourage people is like meditate for justice you know what i mean like yes 
the self-care, it's always been because it is for our benefit to love on ourselves and to be whole, good human beings. But if we're also layer that with like, you're trying to do something good for others, like for real, this is the long haul, baby. Like we have to, (laughs) we have to eat vegetables for justice. You know what I mean? (laughs) We have to sleep eight hours a night and drink water, wear sunscreen for justice. Like I'm reframing it, you know? I love that. What, I what? love that. Please make shirts. Eat vegetables for justice. <laughs> I'm li- I I I was like, you know, and those shirts like we can fundraise and like it can go partially like to me so I can stay alive and and pay my bills and <laughs> yes. also pa- partially donate. Like we can make it a thing, vegetables for justice. And then we can also throw in some environmental work in there too. Like yes. amazing. Intersectionality, <laughs> right? We love it. How, how- Nika, how, what have you been up to the last three? Like, what has your life looked like? What has been going on? Um, oh, man. In your universe? Um, you know, uh, other than uh, I had a really bad depression spiral, maybe like, maybe like three weeks ago. And that lasted mm-hmm. for about a week and a half. Um, uh, for those who don't know, I am, I am clinically depressed and I have anxiety disorders. So uh, it pops up sometimes. It does its thing. I cry in a corner for a few days. It's all good. Um, I wrote a whole book and, uh, I, I like first draft done, which is super, super duper great. I Amazing. have people looking at it and going over so I can do revisions. And then I'm going to start immediately querying, um, after it's polished a little bit after that, I haven't really been exercising that could be contributing to my poor mental health. Um, but yeah, like a lot of, uh, you know, talking to people, a lot of petition signing, like I said, um, I've donated a fair amount, which is terrible because I'm also not working right now. So it's just, uh, it's, it's what I, I don't feel bad about it. If I go broke, I go broke. I'm going to still be able to eat because Hunter has money and therefore I live. So <laughs> <laughs> you got reserves. It's a, there's a whole strategy. We, we make it work. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, but yeah, I, it's been, it's been mentally, it's been very taxing lately. And just like yelling at, well, not yelling, but typing at people who don't seem to think that Black Lives Matter. And I'm like, you've been on my friends list. I've taught your children like Taekwondo for 10 years and you think my life doesn't matter. You must be fucking. You must be fucking. (laughs) Oh, my God. How do you how do you uh, how do you mentally handle that i mean like you mentioned i i totally get and i think it's totally great to take that space to to cry and it's like so much that's happening and in general like i'm a crier in life um i cry when i'm sad when i'm angry overwhelmed sometimes when i'm happy like i cry and it's a good release so i i do but some people don't have that at their disposal sometimes they don't have access to that uh release um how do you how how do you how do you take that every, like these conversations do you stop and do like breath work do you how have you been like having um zoom chats like literally people are, what i want to re- recognize and thank my friends and just people in general that people have been checking on each other a lot yeah more. yeah you know and it's amazing and yeah i've 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 done a few um zoom chats just chaps chats with um you know friends and they're checking in and but sometimes i'm like don't don't check in with me check in with you know another one of your black friends maybe you know 
there are there are people that could use your time and attention more than I can. Mm-hmm. I uh I mentioned earlier that I've been thinking a lot about like my blackness and how I've grown into it because I did have to grow into it. Um I think again, I think I mentioned this in the Quirktastic chat, but I didn't know that I was black for like until I got to America because that's when it became relevant to my life. And, right, and um, you didn't grow up in America, which is like that's a that's a significant perspective, yeah. you know, to yeah. not grow up here. But, you know, obviously I saw that my parents and I were of a browner hue than people around me, but it was like I didn't understand the concept of black. So it took me a while to really fall into that and really, uh, you know, understand what that meant and then be okay with it. Because in this country, being black is never outrightly stated as bad, but you start to pick up on things even as a child where you're like, oh, well, being black is hard. I want to be something else. And that's, mm-hmm. I had that mentality for maybe like until I was about 13. And finally, uh-huh. something uh, just snapped inside me and I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah. I am black and I choose to be black and you can all leave me alone. Um, and how old were you when you first moved here? I was nine. Nine. Got it. Mm-hmm. It's so weird yeah. that, like, again, it's like what, what the world chooses for you i mean not for, for yeah. you but like what the world indicates and you pick up like what you just say you like pick up on things saying mm-hmm. like oh i'm in a lesser than position being that which i am i felt that yep. as just being a girl personally in my yes household and in my community it's just like being a girl is a liability mm-hmm. and it, it's you are weaker than and you are not supposed to be as loud as and you're not supposed to you know, whatever you know, yeah. it's all these that's bullshit. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Completely agreed. <laughs> and, and you grew up in Korea. I grew up in Korea, Italy, uh, a little bit of Germany. We, so apparently we, we lived in Georgia for like two years, but I was two. So I don't remember it. <laughs> no, no me- memory. Got it. Got it. And yeah. how, how would you like, and that's the other part this part of this conversation of like how, Asian people for, you know, within the community, there's a lot of like calling out, right. Of saying Mm -hmm. like, people need to recognize how racist Asian people are. (laughs) Like, we're, you know what? It's crazy. Cause uh, again, didn't even realize that that was happening until I was older. Because as far as I remember in Korea, uh, like in my baby brain, it was, or, you know, it was like, oh, these women love me. They think I'm so cute. They want to hold me and they want to touch my hair. I did not realize that that was bad. <laughs> God, the the hair touching and all that. Yes, I didn't. You know, it was. I, I'm sure. Like, I had a really nice babysitter, and we stayed in contact with her up until she passed. And she was always like, "Yes, you were just such a good baby." But uh, you know, whenever I took you out, people always wanted to, you know, touch you and pet you. That word stayed with me for so long. Pet me? I'm not a mm-hmm. fucking animal. Mm-hmm. So it's- I. I don't blame them. Obviously, it's a you know, a more homogenous country, so I was probably like the first black child that they've ever seen in some right. cases. So right. I, I, I I don't know. I'm not mad about it right now. <laughs> it's it's and I, I would not uh, ever. Yeah, it's if you're mad, that's completely yes. <laughs> I'm mad for you, and and it's just so weird too because it's this recognition of the I guess the way or the degree of problematicness that people get defensive about, right? Because mm-hmm. there's people that have been racist in a more benign way. I guess if there's a, like, they're not doing it in a hateful way. They're just like, oh, you're so different. Like people still yeah. do that, right? Like mm-hmm. 
if they see a white person and sometimes they're still like, Oh my God, your eyes, like <laughs> different yeah, colors. Yeah. What in the hell? Cause it's, it's just novelty, right? It's just being different. And there's people who can experience that. And then there's people who are outright vicious and prejudiced and dehumanizing about it. And, you know, like there's the, all of that. And which I appreciate right now is being discussed, right? We're yeah. actually talking about it, which I'm like, thank God, because it has just been a thing that exists and that we all kind of sponged our whole lives and didn't know how to talk about mm-hmm. or didn't have the guts to talk about. Because genuinely, like I fought with my parents for a number of different issues my entire life um, on just people in general about racism, about gay rights, about mm-hmm. uh, my rights as a woman, <laughs> like everything. Yes. I've, I feel like I've just been fighting for 30 plus years. Um and it gets exhausting, but I do feel like we're making headway. If that if that counts for anything right now, is that we're slowly making headway? No, I I think you're completely right. We are, and to ignore that would be to be dis- doing a disservice to all of the work that's been put in. So mm-hmm. it's important to acknowledge that we've work is being done and progress is being made. We have to sit there and acknowledge that, or be lost forever. I I agree. And I, I also want to be like that, that, that I'm curious what your take on how to best, like in that whole frame of like how to best be an ally, how to best check in on our black friends and our black colleagues, because this is, it's traumatizing. You know, it's, it's a repeated yeah. trauma. Um, honestly, when I see, when I hear a man speak harshly at a woman, that triggers my trauma, my personal trauma. And like, I can yeah. only just like the daily persistent fear of, of just being just, uh, I don't know, I'm getting really mad. Like just being treated oh, no. so, so wrongly, you know, like it's just wrong. And it's like, and to understand the people that I can't stand right now are denying that it exists. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. I can't with these, like, that's like saying the sky's green. Like, what are you even right. saying? <laughs> right. Um, it's, it's crazy. Cause I, I know you're seeing this too. And cause it's just baffling that people will go to such lengths to deny what's happening in front of their face. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like recently, uh, did you see the video of the, the older gentleman being pushed down by cops? Yes. Yes. In yeah. New York. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they came out and they were like, he was an Antifa spy scanning their communications. Like, no, he was just some old man. Yep. Leave him alone. Yep. So it's just like the lengths to which people will go to justify what's right in front of their face, no matter how horrible it is. It's it's baffling. And I'm like, do y'all need therapy? We will go fund it if you will get better. I genuinely would do that if they would agree to it, but I wonder its efficacy, to be honest. Cause like, like if you can't, if you're that far removed from reality and it's not even like it's happened, it is videotaped and it is repeatedly yes. playable for your eyes to register into your brain that this has actually happened. We're not mm-hmm. making up a narrative. It's actual facts. And oh. yet you're like what 50 plus people are going to resign in solidarity with you too. You know, right. That's mm, see, when we talk bad apples, we got to talk about the ones that are also rotten and right. slowly rotting. So the other thing is like people people have been like, yeah, the cops can do that if they want in solidarity. And I'm like, but where are they going? They resigned and went where exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Mm-hmm. We have to worry about that now because now, you know, we have police trained KKK members coming out now. That's that's crazy. I mean, I'm sure there were already members in the police force, but. Right. In it, general, it's, it's, it's so dangerous. Like this is my general, my uh, some of my takeaways from having watched people in general is that those who take responsibility are different they, that like that they will take on a responsibility and do the best to fulfill it are very different than people who are seeking power. That's yes. the part that I think is so terrifying to me um, that people are who are power hungry, whatever race or gender, whatever you are. Mm-hmm. I get concerned. I'm like, why yep. do you crave that power so much? Yes. Why can't you just live amongst the people? I don't understand. I, I yeah. do. Do and we just lack that killer instinct that's needed for that or something? Like, where is the villain gene within our bodies? You know, and and I'm also recognizing on like a maybe like a the the compassionate clinical side. It's like we just need more hugs. Like I do think that people. <laughs> If I, I hate the man, but if Donald Trump had a, a hug and a kind word from his father and mother, he might not be the monster that he is today. Honestly, well, like, uh, I mean, he he his father was part of the KKK, so I don't know about that. But right, 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 right. Maybe, but like, maybe you wouldn't need such like such maniacal, egotistical uh, validation from the world and could actually have some semblance of reason. But yeah, no, he'd still have the KKK part. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure don't know yeah but pretty maybe. sure i'm just like yeah i'm guessing um <laughs> how would you and, and and how would you then how have you kind of communicated out to anybody who is asking and i am asking how can people best be allies like that that question i think there's a lot of fear that there's going to be even the ones who are completely on board and want to be mm-hmm. the best uh steward of response shared responsibility because this is a shared responsibility right now right and uh how can people best do that right we talked about the self-care part which i think is you know very on brand for me like i'll talk about like get therapy and and meditate yes all that so good people need that normalize that i'm doing my best again we'll make t-shirts um yes (laughs) it will be forthcoming but in 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 a structural way um in an educational way like what have you what have you been seeing could be the most effective way? Um, I like to operate through humor as much as I possibly can. So making that video was like my my self-care. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad that it resonated, um, even with like my small YouTube reach. But basically, listen, listen to if you're trying to be an ally to black people, listen to black people, listen to multiple black people. Google is free. Everyone should be using Google. Um, mm-hmm. I hate when people ask me, like, can you tell me about an instance of racism that you have experienced? And I'm like, why do I need to relive my trauma for your education? I don't mm-hmm. like that shit. <laughs> so, you know, that, use Google. Um, you know, if you don't know something and you have a a strong connection to someone who trusts you and you trust them, then ask, please ask a question before you run your mouth. That's like the biggest thing because a lot of people will assume something and run with it and then get dragged later and then be like, Oh, I didn't know. Well, why didn't you figure that out before you said something? Um, And that's been happening. I'm seeing that a lot. Twitter drags people every day. Now it's, it's too much. I want people to learn and listen and acknowledge when they don't know. So they can go learn and listen. 
So that's the biggest way people can be an ally. So true. And yeah, and Twitter is very, very dangerous. I think for anybody in a yes. fragile state, stay away from Twitter. <laughs> that might be <laughs> like it's not a, for the weak. No. And I think it's very much a bad coping mechanism. Some people want to go vent their lives and it might just really be making it worse. So I say mm-hmm. tweet, tweet with caution. If anything we've learned from this administration, for God's sake, like oh, tweet, God, yes. tweet with a calm and sound mind. Um yes. <laughs> Yeah, I've definitely recognized my need to up my education. Like when I've been, I'm working my way through 13th right now. Oh, really? And okay. Yeah, it's so, I mean, Ava DuVernay's goals, like she's just incredible as as a creative, as a businesswoman, as, as a leader. Um, yes. I just have so much admiration for her. That film is blowing my damn mind. It is. Oh, God. I, I, cr- I can't watch it again because I just weep for the entire duration um but yeah that's one of those things where like if you want to if you want to educate yourself a little bit watch 13th you know please don't watch the help the help is not that's not the the, the movie that you need to be watching yeah it's later though not <laughs> yeah <laughs> if the goal is to help for real 13th is a much better well how would you how would you summarize 13th uh soul crushing no (laughs) (laughs) yeah main descriptor it is i mean i if i had to put it into a synopsis right i would be like this is america (laughs) yeah and it would the statement would stop there it's it's just such a great educational breakdown of what is happening on a structural systematic level, right? That's the part that I think if people could recognize those facts, it would remove, it would, it it would be actionable solutions. Right. And I think it's the defensiveness for me, what I'm trying to understand as best as possible is that I think the defensiveness comes from self-protection of like i didn't do anything wrong and it's like well you have you just didn't know because again the system is set up this way and we've all been participating in it right Mm -hmm. some consciously and some very ignorantly but once we are past ignorance we can't unknow what we know so we need to know so we can fix it properly but i think it's that's where like that uncomfortable defensiveness is like well you know because it's an admission of guilt maybe that like yeah I I fed into the problem, but it's like, I'm not the problem, but it's kind of like, we need to acknowledge the problem for what it is. And in that, maybe you have to admit, I've been participating in a very fucked up system yes. unknowingly. And I wasn't consciously doing it, but yet once you know, you have to be like, no, I have been, that's totally true. Yeah. I have been part of the problem. <laughs> I, um, What does that mean going around? It's not a meme, but like a, a recently like, virally quoted tweet it's like uh normalize shifting your stance uh against new information or or with new information it's okay to say you were wrong when presented with new information but people so often go they don't know how to say sorry no one knows how to properly say oh my gosh my bad i was feeding into the system i'm going to stop now because i don't want to be a racist you know stuff like that it's okay to admit that you made some mistakes 
So I think I think that's important. I think you're just like speaking of my father right now. Like I feel oh, very no. <laughs> well. No, he's a lot better now. I'm I'm really honestly baffled at the kind of conversations we're able to have now, even with Black Lives Matter, which is groundbreaking for me as a as a human, as a daughter. <laughs> um, but no, it's been for me decades of him even when presented with a sound argument, even when he is like backed into a corner by my brother, who is an attorney, that oh, the God. things that are coming out of his mouth are not correct. He will still, <laughs> you know what I mean? He will still yeah. stand his ground and it will not change anything. And it's just, and it's that, that part of like exactly what you said, being able to say, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I think that's all yeah. ego. It's all ego. Uh, oh, for sure. Americans especially, I I think, have just massive egos. We are a nation of fighting egos at all times. And mm-hmm. that's totally okay because we're we've you know, we've all got that that like spunk. America's a very spunky sort of country. We're young, um, we're notable, we're powerful, but also um I feel like we have to stop that shit. <laughs> so- yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. called maturity, you know? Yes. I, I've likened basically when I think of like the the history of mankind and the history of history and the history of culture and society, we're a very, very young country, right? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I've heard this from international friends. They're just like, America's so young. And yes. it's just, and it's, it kind of brings us full circle to what we were saying about our, our baby siblings. You're just like, oh, yeah, you're so, you're so, you know, they're growing, we're growing into becoming human beings is what America, yes. that's a very gracious way, I think, to put it. But, you know, you and I have some level of compassion still left for our country. Some people have given <laughs> up and I understand. Um, yeah. But we, we're a young country. We're very idealistic um, mm-hmm. and, and very immature in a lot of ways. And I think that's being just exemplified. <laughs> nauseum <laughs> right now just like we're this, this is, stupid yes this is uh america's puberty right now it's gonna be ugly it's gonna be disgusting and it's gonna smell weird but that's <laughs> we got puberty going right now niga i cannot imagine anybody else who could like have put it so perfectly and <laughs> and humorously and like on point is that that was the most poetic and disturbingly graphic and like perfect <laughs> way. It's gonna smell weird. We're we're in a funk. We're in the funk right now. Yes. But, and I just I just am so your breath of I just need to say your breath of fresh air right now because there has oh definitely God. been heaviness that has just pervaded our lives. And I don't I don't mean to poop on that because I think in any tough moment we need to some degree sit in the pain we have yes. to like acknowledge it for what it is and it's going to really hurt yeah uh, but you're also a breath of fresh air and i'm just it honestly gives me a lot of like fuel and hope yes. which i think is so needed right now hell yeah you gotta if without hope we have nothing we literally have nothing so yeah feel i mean feel the pain let the pain wash over you let your body acknowledge it let your mind acknowledge it but then you got to get back up yeah you have to personally this is why i mean i love that we're like talking about black lives matter and you're the ones who's like counseling me to get through like (laughs) this is really hard and that's just i'm calling that out because it's so funny that somebody called this out and i really appreciate it because it was very perfectly put i'm gonna butcher it but it's just like 
you know, black people have been dealing with this pain and trauma and dehumanization and injustice for centuries now, right? Like yep. it's been going on for generations. Like, why are we having to console you? Like, it's not our <laughs> job to like hold your hand. You, you figure it out. And I feel that way. Like, I guess my leggings, like when I think of like men recognizing like the patriarchy and how shitty it's been like, okay, so now I'm supposed to hold your hand and make you feel better. Right. For, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> you deal no. with it. Listen, we, uh, and I've, I've seen that quote. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but I'm pretty sure you hit it. We have been dealing with this. And you know what? The fact that people are standing behind us so strongly now, that means you, you've afforded yourself a little bit of handholding for now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for now. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's really, for me personally, it's not that big of a deal. If my friends want to learn, if they just need to like be like, Nika, I truly didn't understand. Great. You understand now. Let's get to work. I'm ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy about it. I truly am. So even if I don't know, you know, how I don't know what depth you may have been feeling the pain of what's going on, uh, both for Black Lives Matters and for what's happening to Asian Americans in this country. I do not know how deep the well is, but I really pray that this conversation at least gave you a little bit of that fire back because you are so brilliant. I do not want to see that snuffed out. Oh my God. Thank you. It that de- well to answer. Yes, it most definitely did. And, um, I've been kind of likening everything that's happening right now, even before this moment. And as the racist Asian incidences were happening and we we're trying to unpack that, not trying, we were unpacking that. I really yeah. doing my best to stop with the trying. We're not trying, we are doing it. There's a difference. Yes. We're, we're having uncomfortable conversations. There's a lot of calling out, which gets extremely exhausting. Some of it is, I think necessary and, or, and yeah. or productive. There is productive calling out and we're maturing even in how we call each other out because when yes. it's purely emotional and it's purely like, deflecting blame or projecting shit or just like you know just pure rage again it's understandable is it helpful that's where we got to kind of like (laughs) pull the reins in you know what i'm saying because like there's got to be a way to channel that if you're that mad then figure out how to do the solution that's the part for me and that i personally have spent my entire life being really angry for a lot of things and to some degree wreaked more havoc in my life by just like (laughs) acting out of just rage which again is understandable but is it like is it helping you is it helping you sometimes sometimes you got to get anger what is uh you know anger gets shit done thanks orlando brown orlando jones that one that orlando (laughs) (laughs) that one yeah And, and and your anger like you've put that into like making a meaningful piece of content that other people can like get it that they can understand yeah well that's the goal i don't know how long the positive is going to keep going uh but you know it's 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 just you got to use whatever you can to get your your point across because like you and i'm I'm gonna go listen to your uh episode if it's available uh about anger because i spent so long being angry and i was like i'm solving nothing by yelling into the void so i like humor i'm gonna try and use humor to heal my soul and hopefully some others so that's that's the path that i'm on now i think that's it's super powerful and for somebody that's had like i i I want the same like i've when i did like 
funny BuzzFeed sketches. And when I did those things, I didn't know that making other people laugh, portraying my mom being like her quirky Korean mom self would be (laughs) so healing. Like having people understand my mother and not laugh at her, but kind of like laugh with and with me in like yeah. my, the ridiculousness that I listening to her talk about me getting married and like having babies and all that. <laughs> it was something that it made a bridge. It made a connection and it made the laughter, that humor. And I just feel like we need to laugh right now. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm again, not trying to take away from the, the significance and the importance, the weight of this moment. Um, but it's also like, I love what, how you're putting it. We got to use our tools. What's at our disposal to make mm-hmm. those connections happen. That's what we're trying to have happen is people to understand and empathize and get it and, and move, you know? Yes. So yes. Preach. I just, I just appreciate it very much. Like there's, I, I've, I've done some yelling too in my life and I'm like, it <laughs> serves some purpose. And you got to direct that to the right person. If I'm going to yell at like mm-hmm. a politician who's, being fucked up then maybe that's appropriate (laughs) and or vote too you know don't just yell do something with that yelling yeah yeah i love that nika you're you i'm telling you this was like good for my soul i hope it was good for your soul in some fashion um what can you just tell me, like, how are you staying happy and vibrant? Like you saying, you have your your chats, you're writing your book. What can what can the universe do to help you continue with your fire? Oh man, if the universe wants to uh, send down a few rolls for me to grab when sets open up, that'd be super great. Uh- I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yes, yes. I love. Uh, yeah, I really miss acting and like being on set, but um. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I I understand why that's not happening too much right now, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to get a literary agent, you know, just like universe work your magic for me. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Please do put. I ask this because there are a lot of creative people in my universe who listen to my podcast. I've just I I've been trained thoroughly to ask for what you want. Yes, and you never know. What What are you asking for nowadays? Balance. I'm asking for balance. That's a good one. Yes. And I think um, I need to be clear about asking for what I need. And I'm not, I'm working on being better at that. So if that. that means asking for help, because I have a lot of pride, um, I don't like looking foolish. So my heart is going out to people who want to be better and don't know how. Yeah, This is Nika and me giving you space to say, it's okay if you don't know. And if you want to know, at least two people here will cheer you on in yes. getting that, that getting that help. Cause I have a lot of pride that I am working on dismantling. And I think that in general is a lot of unlearning of for whatever reason, the root cause that, you know, efficiency guys, I don't know how much time we have to like sit in that. I'll do my best to help with that with my podcast, but there are root causes of why we have all this pride and why we have all this angst in my yes. opinion. Um, and those need to be addressed, but in general, I want to dismantle my pride, be able to ask for what I want, not be so scared of looking foolish, um, not wanting to appear like I somehow volunteer to be part of a problem and also accepting like if I was part of a problem, then that's what it was. And that sucks. And I don't want to be that anymore. Period. I love that. And same because you're totally right. Pride is a hell of a drug. 
Cool. And it takes a while to get off of it. Yeah, you're telling me. We're talking. We're gonna talk about dopamine kicks too, especially you and my me like creatives being. I mean, you're on YouTube too. That's a whole other universe, right? Like, oh god, <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, I love. I love creating videos, but it's just. I I I don't know morally with YouTube's nonsense and just hellishness going on. I keep telling myself to just put all of my videos on my website, but you know YouTube's easy access for people. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. I struggle with that. Like, I feel like the worst human being for still posting on YouTube, but also sigh. I don't know what to do. We need to have that conversation. We can have a whole separate conversation of just like content creation, because I'm very curious, actually. I don't, I don't do YouTube, you know, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I have YouTuber friends and there's definitely, um, the kind of like with Facebook, with everything, it's like, there's, there's the necessary evil part element Yes, that yes, that's perfectly stated. The necessary evil, but you're also doing good with that, right? Like you're using this platform, but you're also like getting a good narrative through your experiences and your voice out there, right? So, I I hope hope I'm being positive. (laughs) I think so. Case in point, this last hour, right? Yeah. and you guys, I hope that like we can definitely continue the conversation. I also want to apologize if I, if I spoke too much. Like I genuinely just wanted to hear you talk. What? No, this was a great conversation. I was I was not prepared to sit here and talk for an hour anyway. Like I wanted to have a con- conversation. I was like, Minji and I are gonna talk our shit. I'm ready, <laughs> and we will keep like offline and online because I think yes. your voice and your energy like genuine I'm really big on this like energy thing I yes. want to be high vibration that's why it is sensitive to me when I'm around people that like bring me down because you need to protect that shit you have mm-hmm. to protect it I am protecting my energy I'm like if you like whatever conversation I'm entering into I'm like I have a finite amount of energy that I can expend on this uh-huh. And I'm going to protect it because I also want to still be able to get up tomorrow and do it. Yes, I feel that so hard. Oh my god. And there there are days where like if I'm just not feeling myself, I will be like, "Hey guys, can't go out." And they'll be like, "Why? Busy?" And I'm like, "Busy being bad." Yeah, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> See? You you have to protect your emotional space and then also think of others. So, I fully agree with you. That yes. Uh, well, on that note, I, this is your invitation to come back again soon, please. And we yes. will definitely continue the conversation. We we scratched the surface. Honestly, I think we hit some really, really important things in this conversation just to start with. I'm glad that we could do that with um, a level of levity with some with some yes. life and hope because, you know, that's the goal that I wanted with this podcast, which I was bottom line just scared to even start because i was like to what degree am i going to be dragged through the mud or criticized or judged or whatever but you know what like that's a kind of like that's a brain that i still have and that i'm working through it's just like that fear that fear is very real and so i want to put that on the table as a motion of we all scared for certain reasons for our different Mm -hmm. things and also fuck it you know yes We're, we're past that point there's too much at stake there's too much work to be done. And this is me joining that uh, that mentality of I'm scared and we're still talking like we're still yes. going to go. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am like I like I said when you messaged me, I am I'm so honored. I'm so honored that you 
even one thought of me slash thought that I was qualified to be here and talk about this. Like, oh my gosh, you, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, I, I think the world of you. I think of you so highly. So thank you. Right back at you, my dear. I, I was genuinely really, really impressed with like, yeah, energy, but the in- intellect and the the truth that you brought to the Quirktastic conversation. If you guys want to check that out, please do. Again, there are multiple conversations that have happened and have been happening. So that's also kind of a testament to the fact that when everyone says these blanket statements, I hope that we can think a little bit before because that's mm-hmm. discrediting the work that has been done. I want to put that out there because there's a lot of work that has been done. And if we kind of sink into the space of like, no one's been da da da, or like we never da da da. Coming from someone that's used that kind of vernacular a lot in her life, it yeah. doesn't help. You know what I mean? Same. Everyone, everyone has. No one, no one listening to this or watching the Quirktastic video can ever say that they never made a blatant statement. We're conditioned to do so. So, right. but now, now the conversation has to change and say, have you looked for someone who's done this before? Mm-hmm. Are you see, are you using Google people? Google or, is free. <laughs> or or Bing or whatever the I don't know what other search engines are used now. We all we, Google runs the world. Ugh. Um Google, yeah. But Google is free. So I hope that we have encouraged people to ask more questions, to have more conversations, to have mm-hmm. hope. Um and Nika, where can people follow you and see more of your brilliance? <gasps> On everywhere um <laughs> starting with youtube it's youtube.com slash neeks n-e-e-k-s twitter at it's neeks yeah uh instagram nika marie actress uh and that's it yeah. love it and we will share all the links in the the description of the episode too so you guys can like get easy access to that um check out my ig because that's what we'll be posting about this episode. You can link to her Instagram and everything will be all there for you because internet. Yay. Internet. <laughs> we can make it our friends sometimes. Um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Use it for good. With great power comes great responsibility. That's what I take oh. away from comic book. Yes, ma'am. Thank you again, Nika. You're wonderful. And I wish you the best. I'm so excited for your book. Uh, actually, quick plug. What is the book about? What are you writing about? Okay, uh, contemporary fantasy, contemporary or urban fantasy. I don't like the word urban, but mm. whatever. <laughs> uh, it's it's basically a testament to how much I love my mom and how much my mom loved her mom, um, <laughs> mixed with some magic, mixed with some some hot things. So, uh, you know, we'll see if it gets picked up and sold, and hopefully, it's on shelves in the next two years. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, we we have. To- you and I have stuff to talk about. I will definitely, we'll wrap this episode up, but we'll continue the conversation because yes. I might be able to help. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, very, very thankful for you. And thank you to everybody who tuned in for this episode. Again, hope that we gave you something of substance, of value. If you yes. felt compelled to share it, please do. The conversation is just growing. It's expanding right now and we can use all the help in understanding things more. So please share it with a friend if you feel compelled to. You can find me at First of All Podcast on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Radio Public, Google, Stitcher, Apple, all of the things you can find me and um, yes. would appreciate a five-star review and a subscription. If you feel so inclined, appreciate it. It helps more people discover the podcast. Go subscribe to Nika's channel. Go support your, your, your independent creators. We're doing our very best to, to bring the real, the realness to the conversation. Yes. Uh, 
And shout out to Marvin Yue, my audio engineer and producer. And thank you to Jennifer Chung for her use of her song, I Forgive You. I'm sorry for the intro and outro. She has some beautiful music that she's been putting out from Atlanta, Georgia. So please go check out her music. And that's it for this week's episode of First of All. I hope you all have a blessed week. Stay strong, stay vigilant, stay healthy, and we'll keep doing the work. And I'll talk to you all soon. Thank you, Nika. Thank you. Bye. I'm sorry, I forgive you. I'm sorry, I forgive you. I'm sorry, I forgive you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgive you. 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 I'm sorry. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.